I'm Chono, and you are listening to Tattoo 408. I just want to give this to all the tattooers out there. All of our friends who we're bringing together, other people who will lean to this way to, to listen, to take the time to listen to us, other than just listening to somebody who's halfway across the world that they look up mm -hmm. to, that they'll thank you all for everything you're all doing. Thank you all for extending a hand and saying hello. And What's up, everyone? Ethan Gregory Dodge here coming at you with episode eight of Tattoo 408. It's the second half of my interview with the one and only Chono Garduño. Last week, I said Chono Garduno because I didn't realize that the N in his last name is actually an Enye in Spanish. So you say it Chono Garduño. Apologies for that, Chono. Last week's episode was received very well. In fact, it actually very quickly became the most listened to episode of Tattoo 408, which is just incredible. Thank you so much to everyone that's listening. So I'm very excited to get you the second half of Chono's story. There's not a ton of context to go into. Just know that all the other artists that he talks about, I'm trying to get them on the show. It's actually pretty overwhelming, all the amount of tattoo artists that have come through San Jose, trying to document all of their history. It's a ton of fun, but it's also overwhelming. So please bear with me. But I'm really glad that you're enjoying the show. I'm getting lots of really great feedback. Thank you so much to those of you who have left a five-star rating on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. If you haven't, please do so right now. It seriously helps people find the podcast so much easier. Please go tell your friends and family or your clients or whoever you think might like this podcast. If you have a friend that loves tattoos and loves San Jose, why have you not told them about this podcast yet? This podcast is meant for them. That is who I am. I love San Jose. I love tattooing. And so I'm making a podcast about it. That's how much of a nerd I am. Let us all nerd out on San Jose tattoos together. All right. I also got some feedback about the echo in last week's episode with Chono. I went back and I did what I could to get rid of it as much as I could. It's not perfect. There's still some echo, but I am actually quite proud of the result. And I re-uploaded last week's episode with the newly treated audio. So let me know if it does sound better. Along those lines, I also invested in a couple new microphones for the podcast that are actually a lot better at getting rid of that echo from the get-go. I'm very excited. I interviewed somebody yesterday for the podcast with them, and they sounded amazing. I'm super excited to bring them to you. Just a reminder, if you're ever going to buy anything at sanaderm.com, they got great soaps and great foams, bandages, gloves, everything that you need to make sure that your tattoo heals or basic supplies for tattoo artists. Use the code TATTOO408, T-A-T-T-O-O-408 at checkout, and you're going to get 15% off. Besides leaving a five-star rating and telling your friends and family, it's the best way to help the show. <clears throat> and one more announcement. I'm going to bring a slight change to the show here. Usually I've been releasing one episode and then another episode of the same artist and then taking a break in between before releasing an episode from the new artist. I'm not going to do that anymore. It's going to be episode, 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 no break. And I'm also going to start releasing them on Wednesdays rather than Tuesdays. So next Wednesday, September 27th, we're going to have the first half of my interview with Abraham Ortega from Black Suit Tattoo. And on the fourth, the second half of that interview will come out. And then after that, on the 11th, we'll have another interview from another artist. No more breaks. I've got so much content to get out there that I've just got to start getting it out there. I can't afford to take breaks anymore, <laughs> which is exciting. So without further ado, here is the interview with Chono Garduño. So, uh, so you tried to get 
you were you said you, you were trying to get into visions. I, yeah, I tried to get in there, and the guy told me that, and I just I couldn't even understand it. He didn't, it didn't seem like he was even halfway interested in me, anyways. Right. So that's how that went with there. I tried to get in over here, which I refer to as Zaps tattoos, which when it used to be here, from what I understand, from what John tells me, it used to be here right mm-hmm. here down the street. And then I guess he had moved to where the Walgreens is at now in San mm-hmm. Carlos. Okay. There used to be a two-story building there, and upstairs he stays Zaps. Mm-hmm. And he used to use a rotary machine too. Mm-hmm. And um, he used to have more. Uh, John had a whip. All these guys had a whip style. They all had very something very similar. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not saying they had a similar style, but they did have a right. Like you know what we did also. Right. You know what we did in in these you know these tattoos here. You know we just whip it and just you start mm-hmm. to get this little. This yeah. little ending. Yeah. So um, he did that, and I tried to call him up one day and says, what, what, what does a person have to do to get an apprenticeship? I didn't go in there. Don't get me mm-hmm. wrong. I did go in there before. That's how I seen the machine in the picture mm-hmm. in his portfolio. But he was busy, so I didn't. I know what it's like already to not be, to be bothered as t- a yeah. tattooer. Yeah. I was still a kid, but I already knew what it was like to be like some motherfucker asking you questions. Mm-hmm. Oh, mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, hey, is it going to hurt? Hey, I mean, right. hey, is that the right, you, you know, this other bullshit? All kinds of shit that comes with it. So I just left it alone. I, re- I gave him his respect more than bothering him with what he's probably already heard fucking three times that in six months. Mm-hmm. How do I get into doing this? How do mm-hmm. I get into doing this? And uh, he, when I called in to try to, you know, let him know who I was or what I want, what I was interested in doing, he he just laughed at me. <laughs> well, that's what those tattooers did then. Mm-hmm. They weren't welcoming. Mm-hmm. And I was like, fuck, dude, I almost do like the same type of shit you do. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't you show an interest? Mm-hmm. But that that was where I went wrong. Yeah. That's where I went wrong. I didn't know the value of a tattoo shop. Mm-hmm. I didn't know the value of, of sacrifice mm-hmm. because I was already had a name for myself on the streets. Mm-hmm. So that's where I went wrong. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Dalips had wanted to pick me up. I don't know if you've heard of this place. Mm-hmm. On first street, there's a clothing store called Dalips back in the early '90s, mm-hmm. and he used to sell more like rave gear and you know mm-hmm. rave flyers and mm-hmm. I won't, I don't remember what else he sold there, but he started tattooing there. Mm-hmm. He started a shop also with tattooing, so he was he had put word on the street that he wanted me to go in there and tattoo with him mm-hmm. or or start tattooing. Mm-hmm. My new homemade machine. Mm-hmm. I didn't know anything about. Uh, I didn't know anything about professional machine and i didn't want anything to do with it either mm-hmm. that's why i was leaning towards this guy zap because he was using a rotary mm-hmm. even though it was still a professional needle on a bar and everything with the eye loop and everything i was leaning towards this dude mm-hmm. and because he was doing something similar with what i liked mm-hmm. <clears throat> now don't get me wrong i didn't lean towards john because i was already tattooing with certain individuals and john was with another crew mm-hmm. that had nothing to do with me but mm-hmm. also you, you know what i mean I wasn't told don't go there, but right. you know, bygones be bygones, whatever it is. Right. <clears throat> so what goes on is, you know, I, I felt belittled, felt like fuck. So Dalips tried that out. That was because of the zaps. Dalips wanted to do that. I went over there and talked with him. Uh, I won't mention the other individual that was tattooing there because he sort of gets mad when I say anything about his name. He gets all fucking, fucking bunched up and shit. <laughs> I don't know why. I don't know why he gets like that, but he does. Some people don't like to know their past. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So what happens is I'm there, and and he tells me, "Hey, yeah, yeah, I've been seeing your your works all over the place, and you know, hearing your name all over, you know, 
want to, you know, what do you think about tattooing here? And I'm like, well, can I use my homemade machine? You know? Mm-hmm. And he's like, well, no. And then, well, not only that, you know, it's 50-50. Like, what the fuck you mean? Really? But that was me being an idiot. Mm-hmm. That was me not thinking of my future. Mm-hmm. That was me thinking I was somebody like people already knew. Mm-hmm. Not the place where people said I was somebody else. Right. Like, like, you know, like you were looked up to as a tattooer for so many years. Mm-hmm. Fuck, I didn't even pay attention to that. Mm-hmm. Just that I was already tattooing a lot of people. There's mm-hmm. two different areas there. Mm-hmm. And um, I go, 50, 50? Fuck, you seen, do you know how many people are going to come here? Mm-hmm. See, that they can just find me now. Mm-hmm. You know, they don't have to put in a phone call and, hey, can you find Chono? Have him come over here and tattoo with us. Hey, do you know that guy Chono? Um, yeah, some some of the you know folks over here mm-hmm. want to get together with them and get tattooed. Mm-hmm. No time come over for the day or then you know, right? Or, or can he tattoo like six people today or mm-hmm. names or whatever it was? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. <clears throat> and that's how it went. People would reach out to somebody else and I had brokers. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Not exactly, but yes. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> or they just roll up to the pad and you know, sixty three Impala would roll up and bump in and be like, hey, homie. Let's go, let's go tattoo. Yeah. And throw on my backpack and we'd go. Mm-hmm. You know, be gone for two, two, three days, tattooing, partying, and whatever else. Mm-hmm. So I didn't understand the sacrifice that I had to make to start making the steps as a professional mm-hmm. tattooer. Mm-hmm. Because I didn't understand why I couldn't do what I did with what I used if it was already competing with a lot of the things that were going on. Don't get me wrong, I wasn't doing the pinky yen dragons and right. You know, John's work and stuff like that and mm-hmm. what John does. And I wasn't doing, you know, you know, but I was doing wizards and I was doing, you know, birds and I was doing the a rear view of a 63 uh, Corvette spit mm-hmm. window. And mm-hmm. I was doing, you know, gauge. I was doing all that, but just tracing on just not even a light box. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're losing yeah. half the pattern because it's a picture they give you and you're tracing it. Right. But you got to make it up as you go on when you're right. looking at it. You know, right. if it's just a picture. Right. You know, chain links on a bike, you know, really fine detail pieces, covering tattoos that, you know, a friend of mine, you know, he got something in his big brother said, hey, fucking, uh, you, you, yeah, no, no, you ain't staying with that. You got to get rid of it. Mm-hmm. We took care of it. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? <clears throat> Collaging letters, all this stuff. So I'm thinking to him, 50, 50, are you fucking kidding me? Mm-hmm. But I did not understand. Mm-hmm. I didn't understand the value of what life had ahead of me. Mm-hmm. Well, make a long story short, that place in cut it ended up turning into a place called Hollywood Rocks, I think it was, on uh on San Carlos, and that's where Darius Augustine, who I worked with at Underground Creations, mm-hmm. and uh Dale Cordova actually worked there when he got out of prison. He worked there for a little while with this homemade machine. Mm-hmm. Okay. With this prison made machine. Uh Frank, I don't remember his last name, he works at Cali Styles. And there was another dude, I think his name was uh, Barrett, uh, more like a white supremacist type of side dude mm-hmm. um and i don't remember who else tattooed there so he ended up having that shop from here and then opening the shop over here but opened it up more you know like mm-hmm. gave people you know more street value and stuff like that <clears throat> at that time i didn't want anything to do with it because i was all over the street still i was mm-hmm. still all over the streets okay? mm-hmm. and then we had opened a shop called the fat shack mm-hmm. the fat shack was more of an apparel place uh urban wear mm-hmm. clothing mm-hmm. uh tribal wear Mm-hmm. A lot of tribal wear in there, and a lot of other. Um, we were making shirts and graffiti and graffiti mm-hmm. caps and all that stuff we were doing. And then me and Pache, that's where Pache started tattooing there. 
I was already tattooing, and then we started tr- started trying to get to know these these professional machines, mm-hmm. and uh, that's where that took place. And then, but I had another whole other different lifestyle going on, mm-hmm. and I had to protect that other lifestyle and not bring everybody around me who was tattooing because mm-hmm. I looked out for those people so much and I cared about them so much. Yeah, they gave me a place when I didn't have nowhere to go mm-hmm. because of my drug addiction, because mm-hmm. of my choices. Mm-hmm. Nobody else's fault. It ain't my fault that somebody put something out and I decided to take it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, that's how all that went with trying to move into an apprenticeship, and it never happened. How old were you when when all this was going down? Uh, sixteen through like seventeen. Okay. So oh no 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 no! With the fat check, the fat check, we were already like twenty. We're in our twenties already. That was going on. What about when uh, like doll leaps that asked you to come in? That was like 95, about 95, somewhere around there. So like 21. Shit. I don't yeah. know. I don't fucking, can't even fucking narrow that yeah, down yeah, yeah. personally. Oh, let me see. I was 19 when Alex was born. 94, 95. Yeah, about 20. About 20. And then when I was 19, I met an artist by the name of uh, Marcus Pacheco. Mm-hmm. Now, I didn't meet him personally. My friend Hector Fung, who I had mentioned earlier, mm-hmm. Hector went up there to get some old Pinky Yen and David Yen. I don't know if that's David's last name also, if it's Yen. Yeah, I don't know, actually. but So David was Pinky's nephew. Yeah. That's what everybody referred to him as. Yeah. So he had a lot of work from him, from them. Right. And Hector fell in love with these biomechanical bugs. Mm-hmm. And we went up there, and I watched this man freehand these cover-ups on Hector, and I was fucking blown away. I was like, son of a fucking bitch. He watched Pinky. No, 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 no. I watched this man cover some of Pinky Yen's work and David Yen's work on Hector Fong. I see. He worked at Primal Urge uh, Studios in, in uh, San Francisco. Okay. So he's a really well-known tattooer in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. But the reason why I bring him up is because <clears throat> the same way also told me, you're going to come back and clean up what you did. Mm-hmm. Marcus Pacheco tells me, this is how you're going to do cover-ups. Because mm-hmm. he knew I was doing street value tattoos. Mm-hmm. You know, so he's... He goes, you work off the line and you do this. So he's already given me a lesson in himself. So with those mm-hmm. two combined, I used that when I came home from also and him from prison style to professional tattooer mm-hmm. to cover-ups. You don't have to just do a block of black mm-hmm. or something. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You, can, you can morph that into some, mold that piece into something else. Right. It might be super detailed. It might be, might not be. Those aren't his words. That's mm-hmm. just what I learned throughout years. Right. I did tribal patches to cover up dudes' girlfriends' names. They were just little like tribal patches and mm-hmm. all kinds of stuff. My friends would make fun of me all kinds of time. You know, oh, we all got the same tribal patch. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I was tattooing all these fucking dudes, man, on a regular, like, you know, yeah. my friends, you know. I built a lot of good relationships. A lot of really good relationships. And I lost a lot through tattooing, too. Mm-hmm. A lot of, lost a lot for that same reason of the animosities and everything. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so I was about 20, 19, 20 in that area. And then I just molded that and just kept going and kept going with tattooing. Mm-hmm. Dalips was open later on. When he first tried to pick me up, yeah, 19, 17 through like 19, somewhere in that mm-hmm. area. When he opened that, uh, that other shop, it was already open, but I didn't pay attention to it because I really wasn't into the value of the stuff they were doing. See, I, I've mentioned this to you before. And uh, I didn't have respect for, well, for, for one, for how they treated you, mm-hmm. the tattoo, the the bigger, you know, the guys yeah. in the shops. But it was very protected. I understand yeah. that. I understand yeah. that now. Yeah. I understand that, you know, a few quite a few years ago. Because I, I, I push for somebody to have an apprenticeship. Mm-hmm. I push for that personally. Yeah. Um, but in general, 
I tried to do the best I could with what I had, and that's mm-hmm. what I can. I could walk around with a little bank bag with my machine in there all day, and my inks, mm-hmm. and my needles, and everything. Mm-hmm. And my stuff was was always clean. It wasn't. It wasn't dirty. It wasn't yeah. dirty. It wasn't dirty material. Mm-hmm. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. You know, uh, other than whatever else I had in my stuff, you know, we used chicks for patterns mm-hmm. from dirty magazine. You know, from, from Hustler magazines or yeah. whatever. You know what I mean? <clears throat> We'd use uh you know, CD cover for Madonna or something, make her mm-hmm. into a clown and put her on somebody, you know, just mm-hmm. different, different items, you know. Mm-hmm. So all that was really, uh, it all had a, a great value to it. And people wanted to be tattooed like that. Mm-hmm. They didn't want the heavy lines from everybody. Mm-hmm. The traditional, mm-hmm. what they say is traditional tattooing to work. Me, if you look back to traditional, it's more tribal. Mm-hmm. You know, that's more tradition. And then you got this traditional naval you know yeah. naval yeah. tattooing you know yeah. what i'm saying and uh and that that's where that ombligo that that starts with that that naval start tattooing and the traditional women the pinup girls and i don't, I don't now i respect it yeah you know i respect it now mm-hmm. but at that time i didn't because yeah. i was frowned upon for what i was doing right but all these guys don't tattoo uh insignias don't do this don't do that do it. all you motherfuckers are doing the same thing telling me not to do nothing right and that's how I'm getting my bread and butter, mm-hmm. you know? So, and I'm part of that. Mm-hmm. I am that. It, it, I wasn't a part of the, I was never a biker, never did any that. But I grew up around that stuff. Mm-hmm. So how you can tell me not to be doing what I only know? Right. You know, that's part of the breakdown. Yeah. So did you ever get into a shop or? We opened that Fat Shack and we started running out of there. And uh, we tattooed out of there. But like I said, I had a, another lifestyle that I was involved in. And uh, yeah. Had to back out of that and start working at a cheese company for a while. Mm-hmm. And then uh, just in the last 15 years, I started working as a as a tattooer. I'm not going to say a professional tattooer. So many people have different aspects of that. that. I'm a <laughs> tattooer, bro. What? I tattoo. That's generally it. You know, mm-hmm. oh, you're a professional tattooer. So what are you tattooer? What are you majoring? Motherfucker, I do tattoos. You mm-hmm. see that under that skin? I did that. Mm-hmm. It's a tattoo. Mm-hmm. Just because I don't fucking fall into this other category with everything else. Shit, people got me doing from color flowers to Aztec pieces to microphones to Tibetan skulls, cover-ups. And, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, I, I do all this different tattooing that I don't have a professional uh, uh, main focal point of mm-hmm. tattooing mm-hmm. to where I thought I was going to. Yeah. I got into the underground creations. Yeah. When I got into underground creations was 15, about 15, pushing into 16 years ago. And I got into that shop. And uh, I tried, I, tr- I, I took off one day, I took off walking, and I was still under the influence, still using. Mm-hmm. I took off walking, I said, man, put your backpack on and start going to these tattoo shops and see if you could find somewhere to get into. Mm-hmm. Nobody, nobody. I went to Humble, the guys were like, just took a look at me. They didn't, nothing bad, mm-hmm. but like, how are you going to walk in there and just say, hey man, how can I get a job? Right. That's what I was doing. Mm-hmm. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I was doing. I was thinking, I, you know, fucking, I can sort of live off my old drums and shit and, mm-hmm. and do my thing. Um, but no, you know, you had to earn your keep here in San Jose. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. At that time, you still did. There wasn't a gatekeeper. There was gatekeepers. Mm-hmm. And they were protecting San Jose tattoo community as much as they could. Mm-hmm. So I ended up walking. I think I went into Players Inc. And fucking, I don't even think I could smell green soap at the time in there. I just walked in. I didn't see anybody. In other mm-hmm. words, I'm not trying to put them, I'm not trying to talk shit. I just didn't see anybody to talk to. Yeah. But left there. Maybe I was intimidated. Fuck, I don't know. Right. So anyways, I went walking down the street and then I, I went to cruise, ended up at Cruise Creations. Mm-hmm. 
Cruise Creations was a shop owned by Ariel Cruz on First Street next to the Winter Schnitzel. Mm-hmm. He had been there for a few years already. I had walked in a shop before when he had first started, and he was like painting fruit. Because mm-hmm. I used to live in that area mm-hmm. with, some, with my brother, with my brother head over there. So I went to go see what they were doing. Mm-hmm. And to make a long story short, like he was just painting, so I wasn't interested. Mm-hmm. I wanted to see tattooing. Mm-hmm. But I'm not saying he, Ariel's a big influence in my life also. Right. Then we end up going to, uh, then he goes, oh, you're looking for a job? Okay. He goes, go over here down the street. Right over there, it's cross street, you'll see the shop. Mm-hmm. So I found it and it was Underground Creations. Mm-hmm. Well, Underground Creations was, there was a lot more going on there, but the two main owners were Ariel Cruz and Darius Augustine. Mm-hmm. And Darius owns a shop on the east side called The Underground. Mm-hmm. And it was the only shop on the east side for many, 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 many years. Mm-hmm. Now he knows Jeff from Visions. He knows mm-hmm. of all the guys. Mm-hmm. He comes from street tattooing to prison, being in the system. Mm-hmm. See, I've never been into jail. So mm-hmm. remember, that, I never did time in prison or anything like that. Right. So all my tattooing came from the streets mm-hmm. with a prison style homemade machine, yeah. however you want to put it. Yeah. Darius, uh, I go in there and they talk to me and then they can tell that I'm still, you know, spun out. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But I'm just like, fuck, I got to do something with my life. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Regular nine to five. I don't know anything about. At that, this point, but. you had kids, right? At this point, I had I had already had my oldest son mm-hmm. and my my son David, and my daughter was not born yet. Mm-hmm. And so I needed to make a life and start finding out. I was involved in so much shit that I had so many other avenues. And mm-hmm. I hate that when I keep saying that I know I can speak more on that, but that's mm-hmm. not part of our discussion. Mm-hmm. Um. I had so many other angles that I could have done things to make mm-hmm. money. Mm-hmm. Remember, I'm an addict, and mm-hmm. I was always the one who felt, I was always the one who had to take care of certain things. Mm-hmm. And listen, like, like you know, don't don't let's not put a bunch of violence or shit like that on it. Like you know, what I mean, I just have to take care of a lot of things. Yeah. And um, so with that, like I said before, I had to protect other angle. But I would always tattoo. I mm-hmm. always tattoo. Don't mm-hmm. don't take that from me. I can still like you know. We, like this is one of my bros here. We were tattooing him during those those times, you know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I didn't do his upper back. I did this yeah. the center. Yeah, you can definitely see the difference in yeah the tattooing. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? So um, and then this is a, this is what I did on him years ago, like when we were kids. Well, this is what I did on him before his back. Hmm. Yeah. So you know. With the right influences, those things could have been so much stronger. Right. But that's what we're doing. Mm-hmm. And everybody, they see them and they loved it and they wanted to work for me and they mm-hmm. wanted, you know, they weren't from just different people. So I ended up at Underground Creations. I forgot what goes on. They never got a hold of me. I got a hold of them. And then one day, uh, Ariel reached out to me to come over to the shop and tattoo somebody or something in front of them. Mm-hmm. I couldn't make it for a specific reason. There was a really... Mm-hmm. A re- no, a reason that I could really couldn't. I don't know if my my son was with me that day, or I had to go get my son, or mm-hmm. I don't know. Or right, my car broke, or if I just sprained my knee. I don't know what had happened. You right. know, so I wasn't able to make it. So then I get a hold of him later. Hey, could I come over and tattoo somebody? Oh, well, we'll give you a call because it was like I didn't want to go in, mm-hmm. but it's like we're putting you on the spot. Here's your appointment. Here's your right. tip. Here's your arrow tip. This is your chance. Mm-hmm. You didn't take it. Mm-hmm. Probably all high. Mm-hmm. They don't know me. Right. Past, past as far as they could throw a fucking boulder. Right. You know what I'm saying? 
So then next thing you know, I go in there another day and I talk with them and they just say, oh, come back tomorrow and nothing goes on. And then I'm tattooing at my homeboy Shotgun's house on the east side, I mean on the south side. And a guy named Lucci's there with them. And Lucci t- goes, hey man, you're getting down, John. Like, yeah, you're doing all this, you're doing different work, you're using this professional stuff now and this and that. Like, you know what I mean? My mm-hmm. mom had given me some money, I bought some, some equipment. Uh, Robert Cervantes had given me a machine mm-hmm. also. Um, because I was always frequenting Abraham and Rob right here at Lucky Star. Mm-hmm. I would always come over and visit them over here because I lived in this area with my mother at that time. Mm-hmm. So I would always come over and just creep up on him and swipe and Martin swipe and Abraham and, and Rob. Mm-hmm. I'd always, and, and Albert, Albert who was there. And I'd uh, go hang out with the guys and bullshit mm-hmm. and, you know, look at through their books and fucking watch them tattoo and picture me on the other side, you know, mm-hmm. on the other side of that wall tattooing, you know. Mm-hmm. So Lucci goes, hey, I'm going to call this guy up. So he makes the phone call. We're tattooing that night, and I leave there with like, you know, 120 bucks or something or whatever. And then uh turns out he called Ariel, and I tell him, I've tried to get in that shop. They don't want me. He goes, just go back over there again. Because mm-hmm. Ariel said, tell that guy to come over here, but he doesn't know it's me. Yeah. So I show up again, uh-huh. and they're like, that's you? <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, bro. And I don't know if something else got in the way another time when I'm supposed to go in there again, but I... I had a broken tooth here. I had a missing tooth, and I had a broken tooth from a car accident. Uh-huh. That broken tooth never gave me a problem uh-huh. until I'm supposed to go in there that day, and it felt like a horse had kicked me in the mouth. Uh-huh. I, like, I can't make it. I got to go to the... Right. I, gotta, I went to my old dentist that I went to used to go to when I was a kid. They helped me out, and they, they fixed me up. Mm-hmm. So I needed a, a root canal because it was getting infected. It just happened to happen. Yeah. It didn't work up to it. It just happened. Right. So I'm like, damn, here we go again. So sure enough, we get together with the, we finally make it happen. I, I walk in there with my power unit and all my stuff. And I tattoo a, a friend of mine, Adam, that I grew up with. And we do a piece of, on him out of this uh, shirt, this uh, book called Use a Girl. Mm-hmm. I think that's how you pronounce it. And he liked that piece. He goes, but can you change this and that? So we did it. And we did that on his back. And I knocked it out like in two hours. Mm-hmm. And uh, Ariel comes over and he's like, oh, okay. So it seems like he's. At this whole time, I'm still tattooing in this little shed about this big mm-hmm. at my mom's place, maybe as big as the other room, and I'm tattooing people there when I can. <laughs> Have a hot in there and shit, all kinds of stuff, you know. So I'm still tattooing. I'm trying to get to know this machine that I don't, I'm not, I don't know any type of harmony with right. at the time. So he goes, "Oh, you're hired." Put your, let me see your ID and let me give me your information, you know, in case I steal something or mm-hmm. some shit like that. Mm-hmm. I was never that type of person, but regardless, uh, we ended up leaving. I ended up leaving and I was sort of intimidated, like, damn, my job is a tattooer in a shop. Uh-huh. How the fuck am I going to keep tattooing? Like, uh-huh. And I can't wait. And I'm looking at a flash from like Jose Lopez and a bunch of black and gray, black, black and gray uh, flash from different artists because he had a lot on the wall. Mm-hmm. And uh, Ariel tells me, in a matter of time, you'll be tattooing like them. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, whatever, man. Like, okay, cool. You know? And so I get in there and I'm thinking, okay, people are going to start hearing that Chono's tattooing again. Like, he's in a shop now. He's going to take it professionally. Well, I had to let all that sour shit run off. Mm-hmm. Then build the clientele. Because I had lost everything throughout my drug mm-hmm. use. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And, oh, is he going to, yeah, he's probably all fucked up over there. Or these guys are saying this about him. Or those guys are saying that about him. Which none of that had any truth to it. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And, um, it, you know, regardless, those, those are those areas where those places come in and people mm-hmm. come in to take your credit when, mm-hmm. when they don't got no credit due themselves. Yeah. <clears throat> so 
I ended up going into the shop and I started tattooing. And the other guy who was tattooing there, he wasn't, he's a good tattooer, but he just wasn't staying faithful to his clientele. In other words, not taking, not stealing, right. just not being faithful. Like, you know, they can find them. So I just started coming in and I'm like, hey, man, I'm out here in front of, I got a little, you know, metro phone. Mm-hmm. And, hey, I'm out here in front of the shop, but I got somebody coming in. I got an appointment or I got a friend of mine coming in to tattoo. Mm-hmm. You guys are here mm-hmm. and I'm here. What am I doing? Mm-hmm. And they're, oh, no, we'll be there in half an hour. And my, 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 my bro earnings like just at the stoplight. And I'm like, we got to wait. Uh-huh. I should already be in there set up. Right. So they started seeing I had responsibility. Mm-hmm. I took responsibility. I was still using, yeah, mm-hmm. but I was taking responsibility because I was used to doing that with the other things I was part of. Mm-hmm. Um, so what goes on is, you know, one day I tell him, hey, man, can I get a key? Because I need to get in here. And yeah. If I don't clean it up, you know, I got to lock it at night if I'm here too late. Okay, right. I can lock it and leave, but I, what if I got to be back early? Mm-hmm. So I'd walk around with my little toolbox. I got a toolbox in my car and it was the same toolbox I used to use. Uh-huh. And I used to take the bus back and forth. Mm-hmm. With my little toolbox in the middle, you know, mm-hmm. not knowing if these other fucking gang members from this other area are going to hit me up or right. I'm going to get robbed. You know, it's fucking the last bus coming through. You know what right, I mean? Right. Because I had to mop that place or something, you know, and just lock the door. Mm-hmm. And uh, next thing I'm like, let me get a key, man. And he's like, okay, we're going to give you a key. Mm-hmm. Right. And then the other day I found out I got a key and he didn't have a key mm-hmm. because there was no trust. Uh-huh. They trusted him to work while he was there, right. but there was no trust. Right. And, um, from there, he ended up moving out. So then I was there by myself with Darius and, and Ariel. They would they would alternate. Uh, one would come in three days, and they and I'd be on all week. And then they'd, another one would come in three days. So they would do that because mm-hmm. they have their own shops. Mm-hmm. So what goes on is I start tattooing, and I'm tattooing all these Filipinos because you know they're 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 Filipino and a lot of you know a lot of a lot of Mexicano gente coming through, and mm-hmm. you know white folks and everybody everybody's mm-hmm. coming through and i'm tattooing like i said colored butterflies i'm tattooing color fl- i don't know how to light lane that you're just just if you want it you're gonna do it in other words mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and what it turned out to be is i started realizing everybody was watching mm-hmm. and everybody was trying to see where i was at at all times still partying over here still yeah over there is he coming in all fucked up and is he stealing shit from the shop mm-hmm. and every times i take money home from the shop but i realized real fast don't steal from the shop. Mm-hmm. And I realized real, real quick, don't do that because you have to double up. Mm-hmm. You know, it hits you back. Yeah. So then what I would do is, I started, hey, I needed to use this money this day. Uh, I'm paying you. You know what I mean? Yeah. I learned that real quick because you think you can get away with shit and it's yeah. just not. It, within a certain conscience, it doesn't work that way. Yeah. And um, so I stayed tattooing, tattooing, and that's when my bro, Ike Greca, Ike came in, Adolfo Greca. Mm-hmm. He came in and he started tattooing with me. He came in and free-handed a cover-up one day, and I told the guys, he's, he's yeah, let's put it, you know what I mean? Fuck yeah, let's mm-hmm. do it. I want to be around somebody like that, mm-hmm. you know? So we started tattooing together, and then there would be other tattooers that came and went, came and went. Then eventually the owners backed off and just left the shop to us in a way. Mm-hmm. And uh, there was some piercers there, and everything started to move along. But not every day was a great day, mm-hmm. and not every day was a good day, especially with the gatekeepers. Mm-hmm. Because the gatekeepers think you're, that you don't know they're there, but you can feel it sometimes what's happening or a certain name will pop up. Mm-hmm. And the gatekeeper actually didn't even, doesn't even throw his main name in there. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. So next thing you know, you're like, oh, fuck. Or you're introducing yourself to somebody like Taki and Taki's like just taking a look at you. And, and he, you know, he's not really giving you the attention at the time because he's building his shop. Mm-hmm. 
he's already known, you know, he's already yeah. writing books. He's mm -hmm. hanging out with Shige and mm -hmm. those are his people, his folks, you know, the good time Charlie's and, mm -hmm. you know, he's doing all these big things. So you're going to art shows where there's these extreme, beautiful pieces done, you know, and uh, wow, man, look at this shit compared to this fucking, this fucking, you know, you know, fucking little tattoo that says Janet on somebody. You get mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Yeah. But yeah. that means the world to people too. Yeah. Those things mean the world to people also. So at the same time, you know, when you see your arm and it's all done with one sleeve and you're like, man, I can't change that no more. But if you only have Janet here, you still have the rest to go. Mm -hmm. But if that name is your mother's name, it means the world to you. Right. Right. You know what I mean? Or your child's name or someone who passed away right. or something. So don't let me take away from the artistry. Yeah. I'm just meaning like certain things. And then there's the ones that we just blast over, you know, mm -hmm. so I can just get rid of it. Yeah. So I stayed there for 13 and a half years and at underground creations, yeah, at underground creations on 30 keys and uh, with my share of uh, headaches and good times and laughs and parties and all kinds of shit. Man. Mm -hmm. we, had, we had some good times at that place. Mm -hmm. I got super fat over there eating all the carnitas <laughs> next door. I used to weigh 260 and I was big as fuck. And <laughs> uh, you know, every, all types of aches and pains came along and now... The shop's doing, still doing its thing. It, it still got a, a, the name for itself that it has now. Mm -hmm. It was just time for me to get out and do something on my own. Mm -hmm. And I'll put it out there straight up. Like, nobody else wanted me to work with them. Mm -hmm. Nobody else in town. Uh, I went with uh, Lucky Star for a little bit. Um, it just wasn't moving there the way I thought it was, mm -hmm. for my opinion. They got their business. They're handling their business. They, mm -hmm. Them guys got a fucking business going. Mm -hmm. It works for them. Mm -hmm. For me, it wasn't, it wasn't moving. I, I, I uh, spotted at Polished, <clears throat> Polished Tattooing for a little while. And then I was like, oh, I'm just going to end up back at, go back to Underground and stuff like that. Then uh, I've tried it at a couple other shops, but it just never came into place. Mm -hmm. So then finally I was like, I got to get up and make a change for myself. Mm -hmm. And I got tired of the same old questions. Here we are again. Same old thing. Hey, you know, someone comes in and axes you. Hey, can you do this in that in that same exact color? And I'm like, well, I don't know what color that is for one, and I don't know if it's gonna hold the same on your skin because mm -hmm. we don't know that. Right, right. So how in the fuck am I supposed to tell you yes? Am yeah. I supposed to just be the salesman and do it? Mm -hmm. And then you go tell everybody I fucked you up. Right. And then at the end of that whole conversation, oh, does so and so still work here? The so and and then you're like, I just spent half an hour. I got a client over there bleeding in the chair. Right. You ask me, and I got tired of that. Yeah. And that's one of the main reasons why I got out of the business that I was doing. Because I got tired of dealing with that type of element. Right. Yeah. Right. That's why I've gotten this place, what I'm doing here now mm -hmm. as a tattooer. Mm -hmm. um, this is a private studio. It's not really well known about. Like, you know, I don't promote anything. Yeah. Yeah. You and I, I, yeah. It's funny. I've eaten at the Ethiopian restaurant several times right next door. I had no yeah. idea that. Yeah. <laughs> you, were you don't know until you see somebody walk out with some with uh, some some bandage wrap on them or something, or you know, they're like that motherfucker hurt yeah. me. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on, I gotta go to Seven Eleven and get Chono some more money. <laughs> but I'm still licensed through Underground Creations Tattoo. Still mm -hmm. licensed through them, and uh, I take a lot of pride of coming out of that shop because I made it through there. Mm -hmm. I made it. And I've made the friends that I've made now along mm -hmm. the way, even though I came out of that shop mm -hmm. and some of us others. And I give them a lot of credit. I give, I give uh, Ariel Cruz and, and uh, Darius a lot of credit for taking the chance on me. Mm -hmm. yeah. How did your art change while you were there? Ooh, shit. If at all. It did. 
it did because I was already into drawing, but I wasn't. Remember, you got to remember, I was like, it, it's okay. That's a walk-in street shop where mm -hmm. you create shit right there on the spot sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Or you take the flash off the wall and you go for it, mm -hmm. right? I got to spend time when I was down. To, these these were these are bigger images. They're bigger. Uh -huh. These are bigger. This is a gift to Grimey. I gifted this one to Grimey. It's a bigger oh, piece. Okay. And I've and this is my son's. Mm -hmm. So I drew this when my my. I only have a copy of it because my son has it. I told him to take it home with him. I started to be able to spend more time in an area where I could look at other artists around me mm -hmm. and see what they were doing and tell myself, either I'm going to step it up or I'm going to step next to them with what they do. Mm -hmm. Now, Darius and them were doing, they do street shop shit, man. That's just fuck, dude. Mm -hmm. I've just watched and ex with extreme speed. Mm-hmm. Now, not everybody will be into the work they do. Mm -hmm. But you watch one that has extreme speed and a steady clientele that isn't all new. Mm -hmm. A steady rotation of clientele, like the same people. Mm -hmm. Dedicated. Mm -hmm. They could go anywhere else, but they're fucking dedicated. Mm -hmm. And I liked that. But I didn't draw like Darius. Uh, Ariel was more detailed and more finer. More dragons, freehand mm -hmm. dragons. Mm -hmm. Darius freehand dragons too, and you know they do all that stuff, the Filipino tribal stuff in those areas. Um, Alibata mm -hmm. language, you know, Filipino language on people. But more than that, there's more than that. There's, mm -hmm. there's a whole fucking smoldering pot, bro. Like just mm -hmm. throw this in there, like a big old spread. Like they talk about people in jail, mm -hmm. they make a spread. Yeah. That's that fucking. That's what that shop was. Mm -hmm. Fucking throw that shit in there, man. Mm -hmm. Put that shit in the pot and cook it up, man. Gangster that shit up because mm -hmm. Darius is a fucking gangster. Mm -hmm. Chono wasn't a gangster, but Chono was about that life too. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And people knew that about that shop. Mm -hmm. People knew that they were. They, my homeboy would walk in and see Darius and said, "Fuck, hey, remember we're in the yard in this prison?" Uh huh. You know what I mean? Yeah. These are these are people that are that are, that are fucking. You know, we're known. You know, we were known for certain yeah. fucking things. So that's what it was. My artwork took a darker and uh, went towards a darker imagery. I wasn't drawing all the stuff I thought I was going to be drawing more chicks and more homey stuff and more mm -hmm. letters, more bigger, more calligraphy. I thought I was going to do a lot more calligraphy. Mm -hmm. um, no, nah, man, it just took a, it, it, it took me somewhere I didn't, I didn't want to go. Mm -hmm. It took me somewhere I had been avoiding my whole fucking life. Interesting. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I, and I learned a respect for a bolder line, mm -hmm. but I also realized that I didn't have to fucking have only a bold line. Right. I realized that I could do shading and then do a bold line on it. And then the next guy's going to tell me, you shouldn't have put that bold line against it because it took it away from the realism. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but you see how dark the motherfucker is? Right. That bold line is the only thing that's making that fucking thing right. pop out. So now right. that's what a lot of artists are doing with, with the heavy blacks. Right. So it busts out the rest. Right. So, you know, where one tells you, you shouldn't be doing this, mm -hmm. but you did it already. Mm -hmm. Well, imagine seeing it without that. Mm -hmm. So that's that bold line on the edge, on the edge of the tattoo to help it pop a little bit more. Mm -hmm. And nowadays, like, uh, and then, you know, I would push for more blacks out of certain artists. Now they're, they're all about it. They, you know, this and that. I try to do the best I could to help everybody around me, but not everybody wanted to hear it because I wasn't in that area that they wanted to learn from. Mm -hmm. Doesn't mean I don't got good advice. Right. You know what I mean? <clears throat> so my artwork took a, took a definite turn towards the better. As in 
the elements I was using mm-hmm. and, and changing um, changing the viewing format. Sometimes some people will come in and they want you to do something for them, but then they put you on limitations. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, just draw what you want for me. Oh no, I don't want this. I don't want that. I don't right. want this. What, what the fuck did you just tell me? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I'm telling you what it worked for this. And then some guys will bring you something and be like, what can you do with this? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, fuck. Well, let me leave me my deposit and I'll, I'll build something for you mm-hmm. off the same lines, but something for me. Right. And then they come in and they're like, all right, that's what I wanted. I yeah. don't want you to use that. Mm-hmm. I wanted you to make that yours. Right. And I, I deal with a lot of that now too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and like certain elements, you know, this, I drew all this, like, you know, I drew all that. But I took his layout. Mm-hmm. I don't ever draw snakes, so that's one that I drew recently. Uh-huh. You know, something that changed a little bit. Uh-huh. I got her, but then like, I, I just mixed up a Tibetan style cap and stuff on that top piece. Those were both for cover-ups. Uh huh. And then they never came in to get the thing finished, which was it was going to be full on color and everything. Uh huh. But they just never came back. I guess the guy hurt too much, or I don't know what the fuck. I, was, I took too long for the price. I don't fucking know. Because that happens. Uh-huh. Some people will, man, he charges too much and this is all I got. Well, look at how many fucking details it has. Right. Look at the fucking skull. Yeah, yeah, look yeah. at the skulls all across the top and you're telling me, I'm, you know what I mean? You should have yeah. said, I didn't want something. So do, oh, right. I would have narrowed it down in the beginning. You told right. me to draw what I felt. So right. I, that's what I did. Right. Um, you know, when it comes to the doves and stuff like that, I'm not, I don't add these to all my tattoos. I did one recently that has it and people bring me, can you do this on me? Yeah, but we've got to change some masks. Uh-huh. But my artwork has changed to like, you know, or things that I'm working on yeah. today. You know what I mean? Yeah. So just describe that. So that this is a cultural piece that I felt like doing and I wanted to change some elements. This was a piece of charra that my, my prima from New Mexico, I mean, my prima from Amarillo, Texas had asked me to redraw for her. Mm-hmm. And she was the sister of my cousin Goongs. Mm. So I redrew it for her and I sent it to her and I never, and she told me, Hey, I'll pay you some money for it. So I sent it to her and never got no money or anything for it. Uh-huh. I didn't ask her for money. Uh-huh. She told me she'd pay me. Uh-huh. So I wanted my charra back. Mm-hmm. So I drew her again. So I, I mm. took it, I took my outlines and I did it again mm. and I added roses to her. And this is just a cultural piece with some cultural elements. Yeah. Not too much. That skull on the right is your Instagram photo, isn't it? That's what I'm using right now, but this is for the God of the Underworld and it's actually different than that. I just decided to change it. Mm. I decided to change it to give it a just take a different flair on it. Yeah. I'm not saying that's the God of the Underworld. I'm just taking that and, and putting my own to it. Right. Right. This this is uh this is, you know, life and death, you know what I mean? Yeah. And I, I use the sombrero as, you know, keeping in the shade, mm-hmm. always working with shades and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I use a lot of eraser marks in homage to Dale Cordova. Dale mm-hmm. Cordova used a lot of erasers on his. This was a piece I wanted to do for uh for my father-in-law who passed mm-hmm. and my daughter was in a fight recently and she had told me that uh she had told me she didn't know what was going on uh-huh. when she got in a fight so i i took her as a blind eye mm. as, as a blind eye as a gorilla as a warrior uh-huh. as she took she took it she I, i'm not promoting children fighting right it was something that needed to happen between her and the little girl to get it done with mm-hmm. or else it would have the some of the bullying and all this stuff was going to continue on. Mm-hmm. So I took it on. As she, she, she took on the challenge. She did what she had to do. And she went, uh, she told me, I didn't even know I was doing all that. Like, I didn't even know. So I took that blind eye to her and put a scar yeah. on her. And that's built off of something like one of her pictures. 
It's a picture that I drew a long time ago. Or mm -hmm. you won't be able to see it here. I closed it. No worries. It's built off that a little bit. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> but that's the picture here. Yeah. And it has about four or five other phases. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So those are the, that's the elements I like to draw. You can see them up there. There's a homage to Sailor Jerry in that one with the peacock and the snake. Mm, yep. That's yep. a homage to Sailor Jerry. Yeah. Uh, so that's me giving back respect to the to those artists. Yeah. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. Philip Lou, we could say that's influence from Philip Lou. Not influence, but his Tibetan skulls. Yeah. yeah I mean, not the face, but this. Um, it's not how he would draw it, but I, I give a little homage to the. To the tattooers. I also have the tat the name Yan tattooed on my hand here. Mm -hmm. And that was tattooed on me from Eddie Yan, mm -hmm. Pinky's brother. Yeah. So I had went to the shop and was hanging out with him before he passed away. Not he didn't pass away, before he closed his shop. And I would go hang out with them and I took him a piece of artwork. I got I got a copy of that over there. And uh when I walked in there and I said, Hey, I got something for you, man. And he's like, What? And he has a certain way he, he talks with his with his uh with his uh accent. Mm -hmm. Or I don't even know if we can call it an accent, but let's just say, you know, a certain way he talks. Mm -hmm. He says, huh, for me? And I've gotten that reaction through a certain artist, mm -hmm. many artists, because I've given that I've given out quite a piece quite a bit of pieces of uh one-offs. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> so I go, this is for you. I go, this piece here was just something I was drawing. But I had a dream about your wife. And you in this shop, and this is what happened. So I drew all this. Mm -hmm. Then I added like you know, like a coil hanging from a wire for Hong Kong, because you know, mm -hmm. like a doorbell, Hong yeah. Kong. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah. Certain little elements, and then a little random finger popped out of nowhere, which fucking the power of pinky came through. I don't know what the uh, fuck went on interesting. there. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. So and then I, I gave that to him, and he's like, "For me?" And I'm like, "Yeah, that's for you, man." He's like, "Oh man, oh like he was just tripping out on it." Mm -hmm. So then, uh, I don't know if I had already got his name, on, this name on me, but I told him, I told him exactly what I, t I told you. I didn't have respect for the the heavy bold line in tattooing mm -hmm. coming from from where I come from. Mm -hmm. See what I'm saying? Um, let's say Jack Reedy, and they say they say it in a tat in tattoo nation. Mm -hmm. Everybody's <sighs> coming in looking for that fine line, Holmes. Uh -huh. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's what they were doing. Mm -hmm. Here, I'm not saying that the guys weren't doing a fine line. They just they just were doing some. That's not what we were seeing other right. than other than the prison system. Right. Yeah. So, or the streets. Mm -hmm. So what goes on is uh, I go in there and I said, hey, I want to get a, I want to get young right here. Is that okay with you? Mm -hmm. He says, ah, right there. No. Like, you know, Mike, you know, like, okay, well, let's do it here. I want to give that respect to your brother Pinky. And he goes, well, that's my last name too. Mm -hmm. I said, well, that's respect for you too. Mm-hmm. He goes, all right. And he tattooed his, he, he hit my hand with that yun right there. Nice. So I put that on a little drawing. Yeah, okay, so I gave him the drawing later because I put like those little kites and mm -hmm. to me, they're the little kites and uh, it says song of the yun. So, mm -hmm. you know, blood of the yun. You yeah. Know? And uh, I had to give him that respect. So I go see him later on after he has that artwork and he tells me, your artwork, he has it up on his wall. Uh -huh. He has it up on his wall and it's binded with copper wire on each corner. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what the fuck did you do all that for? You know what I mean? He goes, oh, your piece? I tattooed on three of my customers already. No shit. So he took elements, not everything, just mm -hmm. elements. And he didn't show me any pictures or anything. 
But I, I told him, I go, really? I go, what the fuck are you doing tattooing my shit on people? Like, you know what I mean? So I'm, I'm just playing with him. He knows I'm yeah, playing. Because yeah, yeah. we've, had, we've had conversations already. Yeah. We've sat down and talked. Mm-hmm. And, um, and we didn't talk a whole, whole lot about stuff. But he did tell me how he got into tattooing with his brother because he was the fighter. Mm-hmm. So when all that goes on, I get a big kick out of it and we laugh and stuff. And then uh, I had offer, I offered him help a couple of times too. Because mm-hmm. I lived in Santa Clara. I, go, I could come in here after 8 o'clock, stay with you t- here to 11. Mm-hmm. I'll be start doing something a little bit different. Mm-hmm. I could even do the names for you mm-hmm. so we can get a different element in there. Because one day, my element is going to go the same way theirs did. Right. Especially with the amount of tattooers and, and the style they're coming up with these days. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, that none of them take the time to actually look over anybody's shoulder. They're just looking at everybody on the internet. Mm-hmm. And I, 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 I don't see... I don't see a respect and I don't see a value with that. Right. You know, get out, get out, man. If I could walk into a motherfucking shop up in over here, walk in over here and say, what's up? Then you shouldn't, you should have, you shouldn't have a problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you shouldn't have a problem doing it. Yeah. You know, if you get, if you're going to get uh, worn out of air or feel like, man, what are they going to say to me? Hey, we find that, we find more respect in that than anything. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Putting a hand on and shaking it. I mean, I've given Taki a piece. I've given from Southern California pieces uh, mm-hmm. you know fucking you're fucking you can find them in different shops yeah and yeah. some of them I won't give up <laughs> yeah. some of them I'm like nah man I'm done already I'm like giving those fucking things up I want to keep some things for my family mm-hmm. my kids yeah yeah so when people ask you what style of tattooing you do what do you tell them I just tattoo man you just tattoo tattoo mm-hmm. yeah somebody else could always speak for me if they want to mm-hmm. But then uh, I got a good friend of mine, his name's Bandy. One time he, he asked me about doing a color, a realism color rose on mm-hmm. somebody. And I was like, ah, man, I, I don't know, bro. And the next thing I ended up doing one a couple of weeks later. Mm-hmm. And I felt like shit because I knew my bro was going to fucking tear me an asshole for a mm-hmm. new one. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And he sure enough told me, he goes, yeah, he goes, he, told, he wasn't doing this. And then look at this fucker. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh-huh. Now, it's not a realism really opened rose. It was mm-hmm. realism. It was a rose that was... From a young lady's, it was from a burial and a, a rose that was taken from that burial. You know, like mm-hmm. when you yeah. put the rose up. Yeah. So we used that rose and did a full color. And it's, it's a full color more red than anything. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, like, I, I don't know where to put myself as a touch. I just did a cat the other day, you know, full on color realism cat. Like, mm-hmm. I, I, have no, I, have, I have no business doing either one of these sometimes. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Sometimes I look at some of the handwriting and I'm like, fuck, did I do that? What happened to that flow? Right. What happened to this flow? Mm-hmm. What happened to Hefita? Like how Hefita is. Or you go look in the other room and people say, do you do lettering? And I'm like, well, that, that's, that's, that's more in the area that I go into. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't really use a, a lower text kick all the time and stuff like that. Um, I, use, I call that like the barcode or like the key, mm-hmm. like elements of a, of a piano in a way. Because, mm-hmm. you know, you just take a snap to it and those are your keys to your fucking, to your apprenticeship. You know? Right, right. And um, <clears throat> so I, I, I really believed I was going to be doing a lot more calligraphy and a lot more black and gray, a lot more realism as in portrait work and stuff like that. But when I raised, when I put my price at 300 for a portrait, mm-hmm. somebody else at the shop was doing them for 120. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So there was no way I was only tattooing two, three portraits. I couldn't get any better at them because right. I was only doing two or three a year. Right. Yeah, I mean, two or the person's getting them all day long because of the price. Right. Well, what am I supposed to do? That's how that is, and that's how that's how it went. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's working in a street shop for you, unless the owner steps in and says something. Right. Yeah. 
And um, <clears throat> so I don't know, man. I just, I, all I tell people is I tattoo. Yeah. That's what I do. I tattoo and I do tattoos and there's some stuff that I won't touch. Mm-hmm. I, I probably won't touch any biomechanical unless I got, I'm under the watchful eye of Ron. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But Ron, what do you think? How should I do this? Or fuck, Jamal. Like, that's not really what you're doing. Mm-hmm. I don't think Ron will tell me not to. Right. I, think I will believe he'll tell me, hey, we're going to take some steps in that area. Come over here and hang out with me for a bit and watch. Right. right. And I go over there and watch that fucker. Mm-hmm. Just like I go over and watch John. Yeah. I'll, I'll watch John tattoo somebody. And I didn't fucking, and, but we're just talking shit the whole fucking time. Mm-hmm. Same thing goes on with Ron. We're mm-hmm. talking a bunch of shit mm-hmm. because... Tribal work, you know, that, that has a that has a specific area, man. You can't mm-hmm. just jump into that shit and think you're doing it. Right. You know, excuse me when I say shit, but I, no. culture, bro. No, culture, yeah, no, no. culture. You know what I mean? Yeah. You can't just jump into some things and just do them because that's what they are. Sometimes you, can, you should read up on it a little bit. Mm-hmm. Because you might be putting something on somebody that they're really not. They're they're a weed. They're not a eagle. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? They're a weed. They're, they're not an eagle. They're, they're not a jaguar. They're they're. Uh, they're corn, you know. What yeah. I mean? It's just different. Where different people see that differently, but if you read into it, you'll know a little bit. Yeah, more. yeah. Not everybody was a warrior. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Yeah. Um. Sorry about that. No. So that's that's I I I do tattoos, brother. I do tattoos, and like I said, tattoo tattoos tattooing put me in the grinder, and I let it. I let myself get out of hand with it. Mm-hmm. And tattooing has also saved my life. Mm-hmm. Yes. That's so. By giving me what I have now to provide for my family, I would. Uh, I'm nowhere in the means of uh, financially stable, as I've heard from another tattooer before. Mm-hmm. I'm nowhere in the area as financially stable as as many other people. But you know, with more money is more problems, more bills. Mm-hmm. You know, but at the same time, this is what keeps me going every day. Mm-hmm. This is what keeps me happy. You know, I had to take a few days off due to my father and all. You know, the burial, my daughter's graduation. There's a few other things that are going to move on, but I'm going to take the time. We all seen each other in Sacramento. Mm-hmm. That was so good for me. Yeah. That was, I needed that. I needed to get out and say hello to some people and what's up and how you doing and a stink guy from over here and a, and a, and a grime eye from over there and a fucking, uh, uh, not even, I don't even know you're there from here. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But it's okay. It's okay because that's tattooing. Yeah. Because sometimes the conversation's always the same. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so this weekend, I plan on going to Ink at the Bay with uh, Juan Gonzalez's show over here in Monterey. Mm-hmm. And I'm planning on going out there and seeing some friends out there and saying hello and how are you doing and stuff. But, mm-hmm. You know, my, 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 my circles, the Bay Area, Salinas, and some folks in Southern California. Mm-hmm. Other than that, I don't have anybody outside the bubble from there. Mm-hmm. I might follow a bunch of, you know, people from Russia or right. this motherfucker. And like, damn, how the fuck do they do that? Right. You're, you're tight. Ta- how much? Let me see that shit healed. Right. How does he use so much red and not have a fucking, have somebody have a reaction? Like, how in the fuck, is it in the milk? Is it in the milk only here? Like, what the fuck? <laughs> you know what I mean? You ask yourself a lot of questions. Like, what the fuck, man? Like, you know, I'm going to see that. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of people that I do look up to, but I don't try to take their stuff and just follow it. Yeah. Because all of us have a different core. Yeah. And from that core, either you're going to train it and make it strong, or you're going to keep it at where you have it. And I think I've kept mine where I have it. As of the change in the last five years, mm-hmm. you know I mean, but I'm only getting older. You know what I mean, I'm only yeah. getting older now. I'm not like these young books that can really get it. Mm-hmm. You know, be there tattooing. Out. I can I can be here from this morning till tonight tattooing. Yeah. yeah, but don't think it don't take its toll on me. Yeah, right. it takes its right. toll on me. You know, and and a lot of us in a lot of us it seems like we're looking through four eyes sometimes. 
Mm-hmm. You know, these items that, that, that are tattooed aren't always just for art. Mm-hmm. They're how you sort of see yourself. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And that imagery is very powerful. That yeah. imagery is very powerful from where we come from in a, in a, in a standstill and the strength and the storylines behind them and everything that goes with it, you know? Mm-hmm. And then you could go into decorative, that decorative is going to start talking to you. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just like song lyrics. Yeah. It all might not make sense to you, might not make sense to me. Mm-hmm. Might not make sense to the next three motherfuckers, but that one fucker over there gets it and can explain it to you. Right. You know what I mean? Right. And uh, that's that's just tattooing for me, man. Tattooing saved my fucking life. And uh, if not, I'd probably be out there talking to myself in the street. Yeah. Yeah. I can't take that away from my family. My family, my kids, my friends. Sorry about that, man. I was killing myself in front of everybody throughout many, many, many years. And I believe everybody just got tired of it and said, we can't give him anywhere else to go. He has nowhere else to do. He has to do what he knows. And he hurts people the same way, but he makes something beautiful out of it. Now, maybe not all my tattoos are as beautiful that's that word I'm using. But he had to make something beautiful out of it. And through all this pain, whole journey, he's doing something with it. And that's, that's, that's what I mean by it saved my life. Mm-hmm. Through a collective of people around me, the people who care, to the ones I shake hands with, to the tattooers I know, to the tattooers I don't know, to them, I hope you're ready for the fucking ride. Because if you're leaning on that other side the whole fucking time, it's going to be twice as hard over sometimes. And all you're doing is hurting yourself, man. All you're doing, I'm not saying people have to go sober or cold turkey like I did. I finally did. It took me years. It took me a very long time to kick, you know. But at the same time, if it wasn't for what I'm doing now, I hate to say it, man. I'd probably be one of those guys talking to myself in the street. And I hate to take that away from my family, that I wouldn't do it for them. Because I proved that to them for many years, that I wouldn't do it for them. Mm -hmm. That's what addiction causes. That's what addiction causes, man. And if you don't get a grip, find your fucking way out. Hey, having this and that here and there, yeah. Don't depend it. Become codependent on it and make this, what we do here is this art form. Mm-hmm. Because you know this is your eggs and ham in the morning, man. Such it's hard. It's hard. It's hard when uh, there's so much more I can go into with that, but I don't want to do that to you. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't want to do that to you coming from the tattoo aspect because I don't know who's gonna see these and I don't know who's gonna listen to these. Right. right? Some of them is gonna make a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. A lot of other people be like, "Oh fuck, well fucking Chono could have said this or he could have said that or." <laughs> Fucking whatever, bro. We all have, you know, fuck it. You paint, I draw. Fuck. Yeah. It is what it is. Yeah. Um, but to the younger, the younger generation that's coming out now, get to get to get to know get to know the sick fucks. Mm-hmm. Cause there's there, we're here. Yeah. We're here, man. Yeah. 
Yeah. We're here and we don't want to see you. We don't want to see you at all personally, mm -hmm. but you're here mm -hmm. and you're doing what we do and we're doing what you do. And down the line, you're stepping into footprints. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, yeah. make your way to that ship, man. Yeah. Set sail. You know, and uh, a lot of people, oh, I'm getting this, or I'm getting. I had people look over our shoulders and not give me and another guy fucking any type of credit. Mm -hmm. No type of, hey, how you doing? Hello, hi. Not yeah. even a fucking, how you doing, man? What you up to? Yeah, man, I've seen you work, or, hey, I'm over here doing this. Fuck, man, I'm so fucking busy. I know they're fucking stressed the fuck out because you can see it in their work. Because mm -hmm. there's so much in demand right now. Mm -hmm. That you could see that their work is taking a fall mm -hmm. because they're so, because with more money is more problems. Right. The more you got to do for people, the more you're taking on. Yeah. And you don't tell yourself, I need a fucking break. Mm -hmm. So you start to see it in their work. Well, the other person doesn't care because they're getting tattooed from somebody who's a somebody, mm -hmm. but they don't realize that this guy, if he would have had, if he would have took two weeks off every six months or in three weeks off every six months, his product will be so much more better. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. But right now, he just he ain't even taking the time to clean the motherfucking yeah. shit. He's just fucking stirring it all up. Yeah. And um, that's, that's, that's what I mean by there's so much more to learn out here with this stuff. So much more value. Mm -hmm. Values are very important. Well... Is there anything else you wanted to get on the record that hasn't been said? Nah, man, not right now, bro. I think you got enough out of me with that side. <laughs> yeah, I think that was enough already. I think uh, there's. I just want to. I just want to give this to all the tattooers out there. You know, all of our friends who we're bringing together, other people who will lean to this way to to listen to take the time to listen to us, other than just listening to somebody who's halfway across the world that they look up mm -hmm. to that they'll. If you don't make the means to go meet them and get tattooed from them, then you should mm -hmm. get to know who's around you at least. Mm -hmm. You know, thank you for being you. and Thank you for being a part of us. You know what I mean? And, 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 and thank you for letting me into the, the tattoo world here in San Jose. Thank you all for everything you're all doing. Thank you all for extending a hand and saying hello and, and accepting me into your shops when I come by to say hello. And uh, I'll see you all again, man. We'll be doing this. Much love, everybody. Thank you so much to Chono again for taking the time to speak to me. It was a great conversation. I learned a lot. He's SJ underscore Garduno on Instagram. Go get a tattoo from him. Tessia Spizak, Trash Sack 69. Thank you for our logo. Thank you, Mint Beats, for our music. Next week, we'll be back on Wednesday, not Tuesday. Remember, Wednesday now, September 27th, with the first half of my interview with Abraham Ortega. Tattoo 408 is produced by myself, Ethan Gregory Dodge. Go tell your friends about it. It'll be a huge help. See you next week. Later. <laughs> <laughs>